Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we are in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Just a few chapters left in this book. We learn that Moses is near death and Joshua will be taking over. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. Yahweh has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. Yahweh your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as Yahweh has spoken. And Yahweh will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And Yahweh will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is Yahweh your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that Yahweh has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is Yahweh who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of Yahweh, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years of the set time in the year of release, at the feast of booths, when all Israel comes to appear before Yahweh your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns that they may hear and learn to fear Yahweh your God, and be careful to do all the words of this law, that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear Yahweh your God as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. And Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting, that I may commission him. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And Yahweh appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. Then this people will rise and whore after the foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering, and they will forsake me and break my covenant that I made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them, and they will be devoured. And many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil that they have done, because they have turned to other gods. Now therefore write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. For when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them, and despise me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know what they are inclined to do even today, before I have brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day, and taught it to the people of Israel. And Yahweh commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you.
When Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book to the very end, Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh, Take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. Behold, even today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against Yahweh. How much more after my death? Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And in the days to come evil will befall you, because you will do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. At the start of this text, we see Moses give his age of 120 years. Moses' life is actually very neatly divided into three sets of 40. 40 is a significant number in Scripture, uh, times of trial and temptation and testing. I think of the 40 years in the wilderness, the 40 days that Jesus spends in the wilderness being tested um, before the devil, uh, those kinds of events. There are many 40s, uh, and Moses gives us three of them with his own life. The first 40 years he spent in Egypt as uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, raised there, grew up there, uh, gets in trouble by protecting one of his own people, killing an Egyptian soldier, and flees. He spends 40 years living out away from Egypt as a shepherd, having gotten married, a wife named Zipporah. And then after that second set of 40 years, at the age of 80, God calls him at the burning bush to go back to Egypt and to speak to Pharaoh to release the people. Then you get the 40 years in the wilderness. So together, 120 years in Moses' lifetime. We learn that Moses is told by God that he does not get to go over the Jordan River. He doesn't get to actually enter the promised land himself. You see this in Deuteronomy chapter 327, although it doesn't give the reason there. The reason is given back in the Numbers chapter 20, uh, as God had instructed Moses to speak to the rock at Meribah to give water to the people, and Moses did not obey the voice of Yahweh, but instead struck the rock. Um, So did it in a different way than what God had given to do. That's the sin very specifically mentioned by God, that causes Moses not to be able to enter the promised land. Joshua is being set up here as a new leader over God's people. The battle mentioned in verse 4 about Sion and Og, you can find in Deuteronomy chapter 2. Verse 6 is a wonderful passage. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is Yahweh your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Question for our children, does this apply to us? If it does, why? If you think it doesn't, why not? There are many New Testament passages that mirror this, uh, many familiar ones to you as well. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through God who gives me strength or who strengthens me. Now, Paul there is not writing about being able to do anything. What Paul is writing about is contentment and knowing that he can endure whatever sin, death, and the devil throw at him. No matter what the world throws his way, the Lord is with him. The Lord will strengthen him through it all. So that connects to the be strong and courageous. Uh, Do not fear or be in dread of them. We have this also coming out of our New Testament. You think maybe specifically of 
Jesus speaking in, in Matthew's gospel as he says that we should not be afraid of those that can destroy the body but cannot destroy both body and soul. We also think of God promising that he will be with us. We have a passage like Matthew 28, 20, Jesus saying, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, again, at the fear angle, Philippians 1, 21, we are encouraged, as Paul writes, uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain. As Christians today, we literally have nothing other than God himself that we are told to fear. Even the worst things that this world has, uh, which legitimately, as we look at them, should be scary. We're told not to fear those things, because even if they bring about our death, we will be with Jesus in paradise. So we need not fear. We see throughout this section a passing of leadership going on as God is going to bring Moses to an end, and, and Moses will be with the Lord in paradise, and Joshua will take over. Joshua, the son of Nun. Joshua's name, um, the Hebrew, uh, very similar to Yeshua. Uh, the, the consonants, the root of this name is the basically the phrase, he saves. Another question to put before your children. I think they'll get this one. Whose name in the New Testament means he saves? This is Matthew chapter 1, I believe, where the angel visits Mary and Joseph at different times. And as the angel is announcing that Jesus will be born, he tells the parents they are to name their son Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, in the Greek, means he saves. And it's connected back to this Hebrew name Joshua, which means he saves. So Joshua is a foreshadowing of what is coming in Jesus. Now, Moses does a very good job in verse 8 of simply, well, I guess 7 and 8, simply conveying to Joshua what God had spoken to him. In verse 9, you have the reading of the law, the whole of it, all of it. Uh, and it's given to uh, the priests. So Moses is going to write it down and he's going to entrust it for safekeeping to the priests of God. This is the tribe of Levi. They are the keepers of God house. God's house, you see that in Exodus, uh, especially the later chapters. They do the sacrifices, so that's the book of Leviticus. But we also learn in Leviticus 10, verse 11, that it is their job to instruct God's people in the words of the law. So we have multiple roles and functions here of the priests of God. In verse 10, we learn of a, an instruction that every seven years they are to read the fullness of God's law to the people. I'm leaning towards this being the entirety of the Pentateuch, uh, the first five books, everything that Moses wrote from Genesis. Uh, we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The year of release is a reference to the Sabbath year. I believe this is going to be in Leviticus chapter 25 that you would find that reference. Every seven years they were supposed to give rest to the land, rest to their servants, rest to their animals. Uh, everything was to rest. And so in this time, very much so like God setting up the Sabbath day of the week. And we talk about that today now in connection to worship. Here you have the seventh year when they're resting as a time where they're supposed to gather together and hear this word of the Lord and refocus. Um, it's a very long reading. 
that they would have together. The Feast of Booths is an annual festival. They would actually live in tents for a week, for seven days, in order to remember uh, the time that they're, they had been wandering out in the wilderness for those 40 years, how God had provided for them. It's also known as the Feast of Tabernacles, and it is also a celebration of the harvest. So it happens in the fall as they're bringing in the crop. That's the timing of it. The point of all of this that you may hear, learn, and fear Yahweh your God, and your children may hear, learn, and fear Yahweh your God. We hear God's word so that we know who he is and what he's done for us. And everything that he's done, his power, his might over Egypt, does bring about some fear in us. As we know the repercussion of our sin, if we turn against him, if we rebel against him, it is fear that drives us in some ways to to hear him and to listen to him. But we also know today that we do not need to be afraid. So we fear the Lord on one hand. On the other hand, we don't have to fear the Lord because we know that as we come before the Lord on judgment day where he has every right and authority to cast us into hell, instead he will step in front of us. Jesus will step in front of us and take that sin upon himself as he did upon the cross. He will announce us innocent and we will get to enjoy paradise with him forevermore. We see the commissioning of Joshua in the next section of the chapter uh, happening at the tent of meeting, the tabernacle here. We have the pillar of cloud, which the Israelites would have been very familiar with as God's presence right there in their midst. The pillar comes to rest at the entrance of the tent. And God says very plainly that he knows that the people are going to reject him. In a couple of paragraphs about that really here. And then chapter 32 is referenced. God talking about how this song he gives to Moses is something that Moses should teach to the people. And that song is going to witness against them. So that's the very next chapter. We'll deal with that one tomorrow together in chapter 32. Moses writes it down and he teaches it to the people right then and there that day. As God speaks to Joshua in verse 23, he very similar, similar words to what he did at the beginning of the chapter. He makes this great promise, I will be with you. Again, we have that promise from the Lord as well, that the Lord will be with us always. Down in verse 27, God says you have been, Moses says you have been rebellious against Yahweh. Just read the history, Exodus, Numbers. You read those books and it's clear, clear as day. All the grumblings in the wilderness. And as Moses says, you know, how much more will you be rebellious after my death? That time when Moses was on Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus and they thought that he was dead because God had descended on the mountain and it looked like a fiery cloud upon the mountain that devoured anything that came near it. And all of a sudden Moses just walked into that. Forty days, he was gone. What did the people do? They made themselves an idol, a golden calf to worship. Even even Aaron, even Moses' brother, who had helped to do the miracles in Egypt. So, yeah, uh, there's good reason to be concerned for the people on Moses' account here. And the chapter ends with the words, Evil will befall you because you do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh, provoking him to anger. God's wrath is deserved. We rightly deserve it. And again, as Christians today, we are thankful that he has provided Jesus Christ, who takes that wrath away from us and takes it upon himself.